This is Cameron Burgess, and you're listening to the Film Focus Podcast. Welcome to the Full and Focus podcast. My name is Matt Boisclair and a very happy new year to all our lovely listeners. We've got a lot to get through as we have a quick look back over the festive fixtures we missed during our festive podcast break. We look back at Saturday's FA Cup win against Aston Villa. We made it quite clear in the summer that despite spending heavily, they will not be doing a Fulham. Yet they've just been beaten in the cup by a team in a lesser division and look more than crap enough to go down. So let's see how that works out for you, lads, eh? We're also going to look ahead to Saturday's trip to Hull. Joining me to do just that, firstly, is a man who spent New Year's Eve dodging fireworks that were accidentally fired into the crowd by his neighbour. It's Atlanta's very own Mr Lover Lover, living up to his name. It's Dangerous Don Love. Happy New Year, mate. <laughs> I don't know about dangerous, more like uh, flying into the bushes to hide. Ducking Don Love. Ducking Don Love. Which, which is what many of us call you anyway. Anywho. <laughs> right, <good. laughs> Oh, yeah, exactly. Also joining me is a man who, when I asked him where he spent New Year's Eve, he said, round your mum's house. So he was presumably tucked up in bed with a cup of hot chocolate at 8.30pm. It's Eastbourne's King of Innuendo, who definitely needs to leave the jokes to me. It's Matt Don. Happy New Year to you too, mate. Happy New Year, mate. Yeah, I say we were tired by half eight, so... uh... (laughs) (laughs) Mum listens to this as well, so hi, Mum. Hi, hi, Let's have a look back at the festive period. Fulham. So following the great win over Leeds before Christmas, which we covered off on our last pod, we went to Luton on Boxing Day. Our defending was atrocious, but we scored three goals against the division's leakiest defence to rescue a point, where in actual fact we had more than enough possession and chances to win the game. We then ground out a hard-fought victory over Stoke at the Cottage in a match which saw Onoma, Mawson and Tom Kenny go off injured. Bobby Reid followed up with his brace at Luton with the winning goal. We rounded off the Christmas period, though, with a disappointing defeat at home to Reading in which Harrison Reid went off injured and Matt O'Reilly played the majority of the match as his replacement. Had we won the game, then I don't think anybody would have argued that two wins and a draw over Christmas would have been a bad return, but a win or lose and a draw from those three games is ultimately pretty disappointing, I think. Lads, sum up the Christmas period briefly for us. I'm going to come to you first, Don. Let's start with that Luton game. What do you remember of it? As we're recording this, it was obviously a couple of weeks ago. So, uh, Happy New Year to everybody. I uh, hope everybody is going to have a fantastic 2020. Uh, hopefully, Fulham is going to turn things around and have a brilliant 2020 finish to this league. Although, for that to happen, I think we have to go quickly back to Leeds just for one second. If you remember, we left the Leeds match playing, oh my God, what a change, at least in my mind. And I think Matt Ten brilliantly summed it up for me. We went from playing possession, possession ball to intermediate long balls to long balls, which changed everything. Our intensity went up. We were playing brilliant. Now come on to Luton. We go back to sideways, sideways, back, back, pass it out of the back. You know, it was just all over the freaking place. So for me, I was really disappointed. I really thought we'd turned a corner with Scotty Parker and we were doing maybe a different plan. And it seems like we slipped back into what we were doing before. So 
very disappointing it was for me at least to go from Leeds to Luton. Yeah, L- Luton was just it's the classic, wasn't it? You know, you it's one of those games where you turn up probably expecting to win. Like I said, the the league's leakiest defence and bloody hell, we go and concede an early goal from one of those stupid um stupid playing out from the back goal kicks which Mawson messed up and the mistake after mistake, but thankfully we've got enough uh, firepower in attack to uh, to rescue something from it. And we we had so much possession in that game as well and so many chances. It was it would have been absolutely ridiculous to have lost that one. Matt, do you remember anything about that game? Uh, a little. I mean, you, you summed it up, haven't we? It's just gifting them goals again. I think, didn't we didn't we concede two to them at home as well? If I, if I, uh, if I remember that rightly, we, we let them get right back into the game and we should have been clear. It's... You can't, you know, you can't concede three goals. You can't concede two goals because we're not going to keep scoring enough goals to win games. It just, it wasn't good enough. And it after that Leeds win, it was kind of, you know, have we got enough to to go on and go on a run here? But when we we turn up and play like that, then you know, I, I think it's uh, promotion was automatic promotion was out of our reach by that point. But you know, it was entertaining. So from that point of view, it was a, it was a decent Boxing Day. It was entertaining and we almost scored with the last kick of the game, didn't we? But, you know, we we equalised with about 10, 15 minutes to go. And from there on, we're thinking, right, we've got to go on and win this now. We, you know, we're going to have a couple of chances here to win it. And then we go and make another cock up and concede another goal. It's it's ridiculous. So, you know, looting the bottom of the league at the moment, I think. But we, we moved on to the Stoke game at home. Um, Stoke had a decent win on, I think it was on Boxing Day when they when they won maybe at Sheffield Wednesday or at home to Sheffield Wednesday. They scored they scored two really late goals, having been a goal down. So they were coming up to coming to us with with their you know with, with their, their tails in the air. But we um, we we did beat them, and and that was in spite of the fact that Josh Onoma, who was playing really well, and I thought he had a good game at Lugan actually as well, following 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 his performance against Leeds. Um, he was playing really well and he went off injured in that game. So we, we did really well. What, what do you remember of the Stoke game, Don? Uh, so, you know, when it came to Stoke, again, I, I felt like we were still playing that slow possession-based football and it only led to one goal. It was actually a very nice worked goal in my mind. I believe it came down the right-hand side. Uh, it's one of those circumstances where right player, right time, balls put in uh, into the box. I believe the goalie actually had to try and make a save for it, dive, tried to push it back out to the left. Bobby Reed right there, right place, right time, puts it in the back of the net. So good for Bobby because I'll tell you, it's like we're alluding to it all the time. We can't keep relying on goals being scored by Metro and different things. So getting some of these other guys to break their duck and finally get a ball in the back of the net is a fantastic thing. So I love that Bobby Reed, that was his kickoff. Hopefully this is going to be the beginning to him having 10 12 goals, you know, maybe uh, for us in the league. So, what about Anthony Knockhart, though? Because he started that game against Stoke and he made that goal. His shot from the right wing um, was was tipped, and Bobby Reed was in the right place at the right time. But and Knockhart got the uh, the man of the match award from um, on the official website for that game. You know, I people, thought he had a good game. People give him a lot of stick, and I'm going to be one of them. Okay. I love his attitude, his, his playing. He plays with his heart on his sleeve, he gives it 140%. <clears throat> My problem with him, though, again, is he's very inconsistent, like a lot of the players, and 
he just hasn't been really, you know, being smart to me on the ball. There were too many times where instead of him taking 14 players on trying to be, you know, Ronaldo Messi, if he'd have just given that nice, easy ball layoff or something to another player, we'd have had a better chance and maybe even had scored a goal. So I love that he had a great game. Good for him. I wish it was more like that, you know, him taking chances where he creates something, you know, it goes at the goalie and the goalie has to spill it and somebody's there waiting or he lays the ball off more. I just don't think I see enough of that for him to be my, I love him. I wish he was playing all the time kind of player, you know? Well, he did enough to start the Reading game, but he, he didn't have a particularly good game against Reading, I don't think, but then did anybody. I mean, it was it was a strange lineup, wasn't it? We had Knockout on the right and um, Kamara played as well. I think this was owing to injuries as well. Bobby Reed was in for Tom Kearney, who I think went off in the Stoke game. So, and Stefan Johansson was back in the side as well. So, Reading was a real disappointment, wasn't it, Matt? I mean, I've, I've, I thought we might get something out of that game. And, and had we got something out of that game, then Christmas, the Christmas period and the Christmas return would have looked all right. Yeah, I think so. I, it was that one where I think we're all we're all expecting us to turn up because... We we started to show some decent attacking football in recent games. Um, like I say, Knockout was starting to pick up some form, and and then you go into the game. You know, you think about the the way we turned them over in the in the first game as well. That it was all kind of in our favour, and then and then it, it kind of goes to pot. But it's just that that annoying thing where we concede first, and we're pretty much out of games, aren't we? Um, mm. I think barring the QPR game earlier in the season. I can't think of any other times we've turned around. Um, we've we've won from from conceding the first goal, and they all we all seem to be early as well. Um, Reading, we had a, an unbelievable chance to take the lead. Uh, I think, yeah, Mitrovic had a shot, and then was it uh, Bobby Reed got in the rebound, and the keeper somehow managed to keep it out. It would have been a different game if that goes in. It, it's a tough one because we we weren't terrible against Reading. I didn't think, but again, at, defensively, we just we gave them too many goals. The first one particularly, we'd let them break from from the edge of their box and there was never really any pressure put on the ball and then they managed to stick it in with quite an easy quite an easy finish in the end. Um, and I, I don't well, know so what it, it, deflate, it deflated off Tim Reema, then yeah. everybody just kind of stood there and looked, you know, quite accusingly at each other. It was walking pace, wasn't it? Yeah, it was really I, I, I just want to say, I wish our listeners could see uh, Dom when he's talking. You know, Matt, Matt Dom's face... When you asked him what he thought, he instantly, his head went down, his hands came up to his face, he was covering his eyes, he was just like, oh, please don't ask me, please don't ask me. And then every few minutes, he just he's, he's rubbing his temples, you know, it, it, you could just see the way Fulham plays is the way Matt Dom's face was for the last five minutes. Just could not describe how much frustration is on his face right now. Yeah, well, I mean that's that's pretty accurate. To be fair, I think uh, I think that that probably reflects how most of us feel about how this uh, this Christmas has gone, really, uh, especially in the league. I think we should have, we should have we should have won all three. Uh, we ended up winning one of them. We have and, been unlucky uh, with injuries, though, and and in that Reading game, Harrison Reed, one of our best players this season, I think, ended up coming off uh, inside twenty minutes, and on came Matt O'Reilly. Don, how do you think Matt O'Reilly did? I think Matt actually did okay. I, I, I was impressed for his age and, you know, this being his so-called uh, debut and everything. I see a lot of potential there. And I, I think 
he could end up being a, a really decent player, you know, uh, with a bright, bright future. So love to see him more. I, I hopefully, you know, Fulham could start getting some games where they're two zero and putting it to bed and we bring him on to help finish the last 20, 15 minutes, you know, and well, he's been on the bench. He's been on the bench for the last he few has. minutes, hasn't he? So, he has. to see him get on. so it was good for him to, to see him come on and be able to play so many minutes, but I'd like to see him start playing a little bit more, you know, let's, let's not be, that slow introduce, you know, here and there, I'd like to start seeing more consistency. You know, you know what I mean? Let, let them play a little more consistent with the first teamers. I know Hey, real quick, back to the injuries. I, I was looking on uh, the transfers and rumors uh, uh, transfer market. They're saying that Tom and Harrison Reed both are out with calf injuries and that their return date is iffy expected to be like January 8th, 10th, somewhere in there. Uh, Steven Session is out with a groin strain and he's expected to come back about the same time. So, you know, it, it's been very unlucky for us. It's like every time we thought maybe we we're going to start having a settled side, we've had an injury. So very, very unlucky for us. With a bit of luck. I mean, the eighth or 10th is this week. So hopefully they'll, they'll all be back in the squad for, for the weekend. All right. We so know said, what happened. At- I just wanted to, want to add to the uh, Matt O'Reilly thing. So I was going to say I thought it was really, really poor that he got subbed off again um, after being brought on, and that that, I, that I, was it, strange. He wasn't I, injured, and that, he looked... I, I saw a thread where people were talking about that, and they were saying, "When was the last time you saw a substituted player be substituted?" I I can't remember. Aside from an injury, I can't remember. But um... Duncan, Ferg- Duncan Ferguson's done it quite a lot with Everton in the last few games when um, before Carlo Ancelotti came in. But I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to come in on this actually. I was just going to say we know what happened with the uh, Reading game. We know Charlie Adams scored just after half time, and then Cavalero scored a really good goal. Blah blah blah. And the Matt O'Reilly substitution for me, I can see why it happened because Matt O'Reilly is a defensive midfielder, and he was taken off the pitch for an attacking midfielder in Luca Della Torre. So it was a tactical decision that was, you know, kind of weighted towards let's try and throw everything at this at this game. Whether or not it's done Matt O'Reilly any um, any favours long term and his confidence, I don't know. But you know, what, what do you think? I mean, go on, Matt. Um, I don't know. I just yeah, I think it's more about what that's going to do for his confidence. I'm sure Scott Parker said to him afterwards, <clears throat> played well and gave him the reasons for doing it. But I just don't think it looks very good at the time um, to haul him back off because in his head he's probably thinking I've probably done something wrong because he's you know he's a young kid and he's you know he's not played barely played in the first team before so I'd have kept him on I, I don't think he's a particularly defensive minded player he, he showed some good attacking passes in the in his appearance I think um, so I'd have left him on but yeah it's, I mean it's a moot point really isn't it okay. All right, well, let's let's talk a little bit about Scott Parker then. He was getting some stick after the Reading game, I think, probably um, probably online more more than in the ground, to be honest. Um, I think you know I've, I've been to the games and people people are still singing Scott Parker's Black and White Army and Super Scott Parker and all that sort of stuff. So, what, Don, your your thoughts on Scott Parker after that Reading game? Let's discount the Aston Villa game for now because let's just talk about your thoughts about the Christmas period and Scott Parker. So I have to say, this is not actually uh, my personal thought or opinion, but I thought it was brilliant when I read it. And it was actually you, Frenchie, who was in our team chat, and I thought summed it up very well. We have to look at Scott not as a one-year project, but as like a three-year project. 
And sadly, this team is like a one-year project that we're not going to be able to revisit because too many lone players again. So I thought that actually summed everything up perfectly for this year. Well, this, yeah, you're right. This is the problem, though, isn't it? Because you bring in a manager who's a, probably a three-year project because he's got to grow with the club. And if you have a team that's a one-year project, so like you say, loans, Mitrovic is probably going to go. Other players potentially might leave as well um, if we don't go up straight away. Then you've, you've got to look at the owners, haven't you, once again, and and your Tony Khans, for, for example. So um, it's Scott Parker's reputation that's at stake, whereas I, I don't necessarily think that he's to blame. What, what about you, Matt? What, what do you think about Scott Parker? Yeah, I think um, I think you're right that he's he's a manager who needs to be given time uh and i don't think it's i don't think we should get rid of him now um because i don't think there's any point um no manager who comes in is going to get his automatic promotion which i think the khans wanted as as their target for the season so let's see how it goes give him the 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 time and the experience to improve over this season if we don't go up i suspect mitro will go um perhaps knockout doesn't come in perhaps Cavalera doesn't come in and the team will look very different and and then Scott Parker is going to going to earn his stripes as a coach I think um I think it probably was the wrong decision to bring him in, in at the time because of what the Khans wanted which was for us to go straight back up but the, the, you know that's that's what's happened now and we're we are where we are uh stick with him uh see how it goes I think I don't I don't, I don't see any point in getting rid of him now I do agree with you, but I am fucking bored. I'm so I'm bored of watching Fulham. It's boring. I agree. And and I think part of that problem, you know, I give the cons and Tony some credit. Okay. They they stated they wanted to go straight up. And so they really went out and they put together, which looks like on paper, one of the most attacking best sides the championship could have. But it hasn't worked. And I think this again proves you know, practicality versus stats. You can have all the stats in the world. It doesn't mean it's going to work every time. So I I think something's got to change. And I don't, I personally, at this point, we're not going to do automatic promotion. I don't see it happening. It, it's going to be, we make the playoffs, uh, ho- hopefully. And I end up getting to make my one time over to Wembley that everybody said would never happen again. And and hopefully, no matter what, we don't become a yo-yo team. That's my biggest fear right now. I don't know about you guys, but I'm fine with that. You you would like it's okay would be a yo-yo team. Yeah, I'm fine with it. I mean, apart from the the Premier League years when we go down, they're all going to be shit. But um, but the the years if it's followed by a promotion season, that that you know that season we went up at Wembley was probably my favorite supporting Fulham. Um, I don't, I don't it, want to become it was, like it was uh, fantastic. I'd be happy to go through that every couple of years if if the you know the the other end of the stick is that we go down. Premier League is it's not that exciting anyway, is it? If you're I, I personally I'd rather let's get up and let's get up with a semi solid squad that we can build on, and then from that we stay up and we continuously build. So maybe the first year we're back in the prem, we're only like in. 13th place or something but we're okay and from that we build on to where we are more solid year after year after year until who knows you know uh we become that so-called little club that is knocking on all the big clubs doors 
Under the Khans, we've only ever been relegated from the Premier League, so 13th place would be an absolutely magnificent finish, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. Uh, th- I mean, that that's fine as well, obviously. It's establishing yourself in the Premier League. I just yeah. I just don't think, if we're as long as we're a yo-yo club going up to the Premier League and not down the other way, uh, then... Don's just said about Don's just said about being a, a semi-solid um, club that you know could we could build on next season for, from this squad, but I don't even think we've got a good enough squad to to do that from at the moment. I don't think it's good enough. Too many loanies still, right? And correct me if I'm but wrong. They could be made, they could be made permanent, but I don't see Knockout Cavalera but... being the answer in the Premier League. No, and yeah, you, you, you hate to say that, but there are a lot of players that currently in the squad. I don't think are. are Consistent enough. I don't want to say good enough. Yeah. Consistent yeah. enough. Yeah. To be, you know, make Fulham even a bottom tier in the Premier yeah. League type team. So that, I think that's our problem is there's a lot of talent on this team and a lot of heart, but there's no coherency. There's no, you know, true inner passion, you know, a, a feeling of oneness. Uh, not like, you know, that our year that we got promoted, uh, and and I, I put that back on KMAC. I, I, there was a picture not long ago somebody put out, and it was remember this, and it was it was KMAC in the locker room. He's giving like the team pep talk and stuff, and everybody's yeah. intently listening. I don't feel like we've got that right now. And then you know if you want to go down that road, then fine. Now we're talking. Well, then who is the team captain? Who is the club captain? And is it time for Tom to step aside and put the armband on someone else? Sadly, I don't think it's as simple as him stepping aside. I think if he's not captain anymore, then he goes. And that's a conversation for another day. But I I just feel like the the squad's not good enough um, for the Premier League. It wasn't good enough for the Premier League last time. And what you then face is, if you do go up, then you're going to have to buy a whole new team again. And we know what a bloody disaster that was. So anyway, let's draw a line under this. Christmas was a mixed bag, to say the least. Um, we We got a few points, not as many as we thought we would. We beat Leeds. We beat Stoke, we drew with Luton and we lost to fucking Reading, which is the real one that I wanted to win because I, I live in Reading. But anyway, let's draw a line under it and let's look back at the Villa game from the weekend. Fulham. All right, so it was a bit more positive at the weekend then. Our old friends Aston Villa came to the cottage for the for the FA Cup game. The squad was still relatively depleted. Uh, Tim Reed and Mitro were both rested, as was Bobby Reed. Michael Hector made his debut at the back. Meanwhile, K-Mac was back in the side. And Harry Arter was on the bench. No one knows where he's been all this time, but he's back. Um, Don, were there any surprises for you in the way that we lined up? You know, I knew there was going to be a bunch of changes, okay? It's, it's a cup game, and this goes back to what I've talked about in past pods of good man management. Different key players maybe could get a rest. Uh, and, you know, obviously the big one being Metro. We had injuries also to deal with. So starting 11, I didn't think it was all that bad, actually. You know, I, I thought it was okay for, for the FA Cup for what we were doing. And I thought they actually played pretty nice, pretty pretty well for, you know, not being so-called the first team that play together all the time. And, hey, what lovely memories were brought back by having Joe, Steph, Joe, and K-Mac, you know, sitting in the middle again together. That was beautiful. I loved seeing that. So. No problem with the starting eleven. I thought it was it was fine for what it had to be. How about you, Matt? I thought it was kind of weird, to be honest. <laughs> I think um, 
it was it was a lot of first team players in there, but just kind of all over the place, really. Um, I mean, Joe Bryan was. It looked like in the lineup that he was going to be playing at the uh, top of, uh, on the left of the front three, but it kind of it sort of turned out he was more of a more of a wing back, really, wasn't he? Um, it, it was okay. I mean, I like I prefer a lineup that's got a striker in there, uh, but you know you can't complain with with the result. Really, it seemed to work out. We played some fairly decent football. Um, two wonder goals got us the win, um, but we did create a few other chances, and they, they, I thought their keeper had a decent game. Uh, particularly there was one stop he made low to his left, um, which I think was from Joe Bryan, which could have gone in. Um, but I, I just, I sort of wanted to see us go for it, really. I think if, if as Don said, that Villa were likely to put out a, a semi-second string side, um, then I'd like to put, see us put out our first our first team um, and, and go for it, because you know I, I don't think we'd get an automatic promotion. We might get, get to the playoffs, but Let's win the FA Cup. Well, I'll, I'll pick up on what you're saying there, Matt. I, the the strange thing, as you say, was the players that we put in different places. Yes, they weren't their normal places, but they were places that I thought, at least on paper, I could see them playing in those places. Like Brian, he kept wanting to drop back because that's what he's used to. You know, he's looking to cover and stuff. And actually, I thought he did very well. It was something that was kind of missing where we don't always come back and cover. But give Brian credit, being up top like that, he's had some really good chances where he's almost scored some goals. So I don't mind him playing there. He actually, I thought, has had some brilliant chances and some unlucky ones where he didn't put the ball in the back of the net. Uh, so I, I, I'll give you that. I, it was a little weird in that that circumstance. I want to go to ask uh, Frenchie, let me ask you this. Did you see the YouTube video that Baldo put on there of the Villa fan? Um, yes, I know. I know the video that you're talking about. Baldo posted a, um, a a link into the group, and I saw it was 17 minutes long. And I opened it, watched the first few seconds, and saw this guy with long hair. It just reminded me of the tosser from the In Between Us Two movie with the dreadlocks. And I just thought, I'm not listening to this. He sounded he sounded more posh than any of us lot. He doesn't sound like he's ever been anywhere near Aston Villa's ground, let let alone a Bath. So. Um, I, I I couldn't be bothered to watch it, quite frankly. But as as you watched it, I think I I saved myself seventeen minutes of my life there. I thought it was hilarious. I I thought the guy was a. It's it's got to be a parody account. It's got to be something that Baldwin would do online, you know, to crack jokes or something. Uh, there's no way that guy could have been serious. It, the stuff he said was just so far so far fetched and so stupid that. Well, one of my new year. One of my New Year's resolutions was to lay off Baldwin a little bit. But when you're starting talking about things that Baldwin does online, then you're you're teeing these up, <laughs> teeing these things up for me. So I've got I, I can't I can't do it. I Sorry, do Baldwin. It. <laughs> Apparently, Baldwin went to the gym today. Did yeah. he? Apparently, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. No, that's not fair. He said this will be the only picture I post of the gym because it's going to be the only time he ever goes. Oh, he, he um, went. He went to a gym and took a picture of it. Okay. <laughs> On his way to McDonald's. <laughs> Sorry, there we go. I've bro- broken my New Year's resolution already. Bloody hell. All right, let's get back to the game. So the, the Fulham defence was split open just before half-time. El Ghazi will be disappointed not to have scored. Rodak made another great save to his left, though. Strong left arm. It's strange to think that just a few months ago, we were even debating whether or not he was up to the task. But it seems he's already light years ahead of Bez, doesn't it, Matt? Yeah, I think so. Um 
obviously we're still conceding quite a lot of goals, but um, you watching watching the goals we concede, I don't think you can really say that any of them are, are his fault. Um, and he certainly has won us several points in the league this season. So, um, yeah, I'm delighted with him. And I think he could step up should we go up as well. I think he could step up to be a Premier League keeper as well. I think he looks uh, he looks a really good prospect. I think you're right. Yeah, that's that's a completely fair point. Let's let's come on to the opening goal. Don, I'm going to come to you first. Uh, Anthony Knockart banged one into the top corner. Talk me through it. This is what we've been hoping and praying that we would see from him. You know, it, it was that one time where he does a brilliant little touch and he puts in a beauty, you know, over the top of everybody into the back of the uh, top of the back of the net. So it's, it's one of those goals where, Oh my God, if he could start doing that consistently, I would have no problem with him being on the team sheet all the time, but it's his inconsistencies as, as always. And did you notice when he went and scored that he took off running? And if you were listening to Gentleman Jim, he said, where the hell is he running? He looks like he's getting ready to run back down the tunnel. He apparently ran all the way back to the cottage to celebrate where he had some family uh, watching and everything. So I thought that was actually uh, re- really awesome that he he not only wanted to celebrate, what he wanted to celebrate with his family or, or whoever was up in the stands for him. So I, I did think that was really good. Yeah, OK. I mean, a couple of points there. So Anthony Knockart, fair place with him if he's gone over to his family because he normally comes over to the crowd whenever he scores or whenever anybody else scores, to be honest. He's almost always over at the crowd, waving his arms at the crowd. He, he loves all that sort of stuff. Um, the other thing I forgot to mention was um, AK missing the opportunity against um, Reading to equalise at the weekend. A bit more composure and, and he's blasted one over the bar. So... It, you know, it's it's a loose ball. The ball's been spilled, and he's he's put it over the bar. So we still haven't got the uh, uh, the, the the finished article with AK yet. But I think he's getting there. He is he is improving. So um, Michael Hector, a man who's been spoken a lot about um, as you know being the the key to our success at the back. He's come in to make his debut at the weekend, um, but arguably he was at fault uh, for for the only goal we conceded, wasn't he, Matt? Yeah, I think you have to you have to look at Hector uh, to be at fault for that one. Um, he sort of he misjudged the bounce and it kind of went over his head, and and from that they managed to scoop it over the keeper and, and tap it in. Um, but you know, I think we could put that one down to just rustiness. He hasn't played a game of football for what six months, more than that, even uh, since before the summer. So. Um, so yeah, if if that's if that comes sort of a two three months into him starting games regularly, then that's a problem. But um, but gen- in general, I think I like what I saw from him. He won a lot of headers. Um, he got in the way of a lot of things, and he he seems quite tidy with the ball at his feet. So um, so yeah, I, I think I think we've got a good defender there. Uh, whether he can help fix what is an absolute calamity at the back all the time, who knows? But um, I think he's an improvement on what we've got so far. We can only hope. And then what of Harry Arter's goal, Matt? <laughs> what can you say about that? Uh, I, I think what, what I really like about it is before before he takes a shot, he, he kind of arrows a crossfield pass down the other side to not, is it to knock out on the other flank? I can't remember who, who got the ball, but um, he, he pinged it out there with his right foot and then sort of drifts across into the middle, gets it back and then fires it into the top corner with his left Um Beautiful strike, absolutely superb. Have you seen the view? The view from the crowd where 
uh, from the hammy end uh, from behind where you can kind of see it go into the top corner it's, it's been doing the rounds on twitter it's an absolutely superb video um but yeah what can you say i mean i think i think we have missed him a bit um not f- not necessarily for that but um he he looked good i think uh, generally quite uh, tied with his passing and um he's where's he been i think he's he was been injured, injured isn't he? yeah he? i don't know exactly what game he got injured um but he, he was injured he... so long if you notice guys when he scored the goal he starts beelining it running straight at the bench and i thought personally he was gonna you know hug and high five uh celebrate with scotty but he went straight to this other guy who i didn't recognize at all and so i was asking a bunch of people online who, who the hell was he celebrating with and a lot of people seem to think it was the physio that Sport it was the guy who yeah, guy, that, think, that brought him yeah. back that he celebrated with him that's good then that's nice to see but yeah lovely goal lovely goal Perfect. Oh, couldn't have been any better. And he'd only been on the pitch two minutes as well. Yeah. So let, let, let's go back to uh, Hector for a minute. Frenchie, let me ask you this. So Hector played with Mawson. I thought Hector did okay. My judgment is still out. I can't say he's going to be the answer or anything like that. He was at fault for the goal. Reem got to uh, sit this out. Do you think the next match, it'll be Hector Reem then and we get to – see and compare well, what's Hector versus Mawson or Hector versus Ream? Uh, Tim Ream hasn't been the same since he shaved his beard off. <laughs> is it, is it, so is he like Samson? He cut his hair and he lost all his strength. He's it gone could be now. that. It could be that. I thought. I think people have been a bit harsh on Tim Ream. I know he was he was crap in the, in the Reading game, but, you know, arguably Mawson's been awful. Ream's been awful. They never seem to play well. Um, for an extended period, either of them. Um, so who knows? Who knows who he's going to come in for or whether he's going to come in at all? Maybe maybe next match it will be back to Mawson and Ream and then Hector will come on and be integrated gradually. I don't know. I, I just yeah, don't you, know. You I, wait. You wait. It's going to be – I'm going to predict this. It's going to be Hector and Adoy. It's going to be, be Ream on the left back and it's going to be Brian <laughs> sitting in front of him. <laughs> well, oh, wow. <laughs> well, you know, just saying, things have happened. Just saying. It it's impossible crazy. to predict. I mean, when we come on to the whole preview, I'm going to ask you to give me your lineup for the whole game. But it'll be I'm going to ask you to give me your lineup rather than what you think Scott Parker's going to do because it's impossible to second guess Scott Parker these days. He always pulls some rabbit out of the bag, which which you're not expecting. So, anyway, we will come on to that. Don, I'm going to come back to you. As a side note, it was good to see Jay Stansfield get a few minutes at the end of the game, wasn't it? I thought so. I I, I liked seeing. Uh players you know from the academy come on and get to make cameos or, or get a run in with the first team so for me you know you you got o'reilly got to come on on that one match now you get uh jay to come on on this match so i like it um you know and the other thing i really liked was luca got to come on uh he's been sitting on the bench a couple times and not actually got to make it into a match uh this season so I really liked that he got to get a run in. And I actually thought both of them played very well. Uh, Luca did some very, very lovely little touches that got him down on the right side of the box where he did little, you know, one-touch flicks and things into the box for people to have chances. And then at the end, it was Hector who was trying to link up with uh, Jay for a, a possible, you know, chance there. Unlucky that the whistle blew and we didn't get to see how it would uh, uh, flourish or or come to be. But I wish we'd get to see more of those kind of things to where, what's my other boy? um, 
oh, I'm going to get mad at myself here. He's uh, He got injured. He's a right back. Oh, we'll see. Okay. Yes, I'd love to see him if he comes back and, and you know, maybe could get a chance to play here or there and, you know, in a game or something. Uh, so who knows? But I love seeing these uh, younger academy guys getting a chance. I, I, that's always brilliant to me. To, well, even if he's not truly our – Jay's not our academy development, he's with us now. Good to see him get a chance. Well, he's, he's graduated from playing for our academy into our first team, so arguably – I've got no problem with calling him one of our graduates. But I think with, with Luca Della Torre, he did come on for Matt O'Reilly against um, against Reading. It's got to be now or never for Della Torre, hasn't it? Because he's been he's been with the with the club for years and years and years. If he's, you don't make it now, we might as well bin him off. He's been with them since 2013. So he's mm-hmm. been here seven years. And he's now 21. So... I would think Sessignon was 16 when he got into the side. Right. Okay. So, that was a very, very love Luca, you know, unusual but one. But. He's got to really start making his mark. Now, again, I thought he actually played a very lovely game, and I'd like to see more of him given a chance just to see what he could do. So that's my opinion. I Obviously, I'm an American. I love Luca. He's an American, but mm. we'll see. We'll see how that pans out. All right, well, just to round this one off then, it's a cliche, Matt, but do you think that an FA Cup run is a help or a hindrance to Fulham this season? Uh, in term, I mean, in terms of the amount of league games, I suppose it has to be a, a slight hindrance. But like I said earlier, I think um, I'd really like to see us go for it. Um, obviously, with, with the players that Scott Parker shows, perhaps... You can see that he is focusing more on the league. Um, but I, I don't think the FA Cup can ever be a hindrance. So if you get to the final, how many games is that? What, six or something like that? Um, maybe even five. But uh, yeah, it, it's never a hindrance. Let's just let's just go for it. I, I'd, I'd love to see a year that we we focus on a cup run. Because, you know, when we're in the Premier League, it's oh, let's, let's not get relegated when we were going for promotion it so let's focus on trying to get up and I, I don't want us to be 12th in the league with nothing to play for for us to actually go for it um it's the fa cup <laughs> you know what i mean it's, yeah. let's just let's just go for it you know I, I agree and i gotta say i'm of the mindset no matter what match we're playing what competition it's in always try and field the strongest side you possibly can while keeping in pl- mind yeah we got to do some uh, player management. We can't just keep playing the same guys over and over and over. Uh, and that we we try and go for the win. We don't just put a team on and say, well, you know, if it happens, it happens. Go for it. As, as Matt was just saying, go for it. Let's let's see if we can get a decent run. Why not? You know, what else have we been doing that's incredible? Yeah, we did win Wembley. But more, still- more to the point as well. If if you're playing your your strongest players and you're winning games that that's surely going to help you in the league as well. Cause it, you can build up momentum and Absolutely. we all know, we all know what a, a European cup run can do for momentum. It, it's, it's fantastic. The spirit lifts around the whole place and everyone goes to games expecting to win and, and buzzing about it. So the FA cup can do a similar thing. It could especially help. Us when you're, especially when your last league game was a defeat as well. To go and beat exactly. go and beat exactly. Aston Villa, a team of a, a team in the league above, then now we're we going to go to Hull, and you know it, it's much better to go to Hull off the back of a win than off the back of a defeat. A- absolutely, yeah, exactly. And again, it's team management. Really. It's all about team management. Yeah, we don't have to go into the next FA Cup if we can c- get a consistent run of games where we're doing well. Okay, then we don't have to go into the next FA Cup 
uh, you know, round and do eight changes, we make maybe one or two changes, you know, subtle changes that are like for like kind of things. And we keep that momentum and that consistency going. That's what we really need to start seeing is that consistency. I, I know I keep harping on about that, but it's what's lacking from this team. All right. Well, it sounds like we're going to be going to Wembley twice this season then. Sounds good to me. Lovely stuff. All right. Let's come on to a Scott Parker rating for the Aston Villa game then. Uh, Matt, I'm going to come to you first. What do you think? Yeah, it's a tricky one. Um, we, we played well. Uh, it was a strange lineup, but given the result, I think it, it did the job. Um, I question whether any of the, the changes he made, things like playing Brian further up the pitch, um, playing knockout further up the pitch, that kind of thing. I question whether that's actually going to make any difference and we'll revert just to the way we've been playing in the league. I don't think the experiment is going to, you know, make any changes in the league, but um, I think, I think an eight, I think an eight is fair because we won the game. Um, Fair enough. Both the goals were absolutely world-class strikes and without those, we wouldn't have scored, but we did create enough chances as well. We, we were better with the ball. We used it. I think what we have something like fifty six percent, which is less than we normally have, but we created more chances than we normally do. So he did something right there. So um, let's go with an eight. That's what Will Oakley was saying as well in our team chat. He was saying, okay, the two goals that we did score from were worldies, but we did miss some easier chances as well. So those those two goals could have come from one of those other opportunities, and we did have sixteen shots. Um, so you know, we were doing something right. So I'm, I'm going to give him an eight as well. What what do you think, Don? I think eights all around is a, is a good solid number for Scotty on that match. You know, he took a chance. A lot of people were questioning, you know, the minute they saw the lineup as to what the hell he was doing, but he took a chance, made eight changes. Those eight change, changes, while at times looked disorganized and not really coherent, I thought actually, for the most part, worked really well. And again, this is because players on paper, they look really phenomenal and very strong, but not always on the pitch so i'm eight i think it's a solid eight stuff nice one scotty all right let's draw a line under that one then let's have a look ahead to saturday's match with hull city fulham all right so hull away on saturday um uh, difficult one to to predict scott parker's lineup as i said so i'm going to come to you don and ask what team would you play if it was you, if you were Fulham manager? So again, it's hard to say because uh, I'm not the manager. We don't know how different players are going to be or, you know, as far as readiness for the next match. And what I mean by that is if Tom and uh, Harrison Reed are out, both with calf injuries or calf problems, yeah, they're, you know, quote unquote, supposed to be returning to practice around the 8th. That give them a couple of days to maybe have a run with the team. Are they really going to be fully fit though to be able to start? Eh, you know that's kind of chancing it a little iffy. So, huh. middle center field. What do you do? Um, you know, I, I actually like Steph Joe, and I think uh, Harry Arter starting if if Harry could start. Let him start with either Steph Joe um, kind of sitting there and then maybe put, you know, I don't know, in between him, 
um, do you put like a Bobby Reed and then go back out on the outside? I don't know what's going on with AK. He hasn't had uh, some starts here lately. You know, I feel like he should be back on the the, the starting lineups. You know, him, Metro, and uh, Ivan, me preferably. Why not get AK back out there? As far as the back uh, four, I think that's kind of anybody's guess right now. Uh, you assume Brian's out there. Adoy or Christy? I kind of prefer Christy. And then in the middle, Mawson, Reem, Mawson, and Hector. You assume Hector's going to be in there, but who he's going to be having a partnership with is anybody's guess, I think, right now. Okay. Well, one man you have neglected to mention, and it's somebody you've given a lot of stick to, is Josh Oliver. And he played at the weekend. And if he's fit, for me, he's got to start. Yeah, I didn't forget him. Sorry. Didn't forget him, just left hard. him out. I know that's fair. Uh-huh. All right, no, fair enough. That's, There's just that's... something about him. I, I don't know. <laughs> that's fair enough, Don. You're the manager, <laughs> mate. <laughs> Come on then, Matt. What would exactly. you do? Exactly. Um, all right, I, I would. Uh, we, we had been the debate earlier about is it Reem, Reem and Mawson? Is it Mawson and Hector? Is it Hector and Reem? I don't know, I don't know which combination, whichever combination I haven't said yet. Put all three of them in. Um, away from home. They've all got uh, different talents, I think. Reem is obviously the ball player of, of the three of them. Uh, Hector, from what we've seen against Villa, looks decent in the air. Mawson, probably the leader of the of the three. Um, put him in the middle. Um, Hector on the right and Reem on the left. Joe Bryan as the, the wing back with licence to get forward, like he did against Villa. Sorry, as Christy on the other side. Um I would have up front Mitro with Cav just because I think they've got a better understanding of each other's game than, than Knockout does. Um, Knockout tries hard, obviously, but um, I think I think Cavalera is the more rounded player and Mitro, obviously, you can't drop him. In the middle, Onoma, um, Steph Joe, and like I said, we don't know who's, who's fit and who's not. Um, I'd put Tom Kenny in there, obviously, if he is fit. Otherwise, the flat three with Harry Arter in there. Um, I think Reed. you've got... The goal machine, Bobby Reid. Of course, Reed. Bobby Reid. Yeah. Christ, of course, yeah, Bobby right. Reid. Bobby Reid. <laughs> Bobby Reid instead of... Yeah, Bobby Reid over TC and then in the number 10 role then. I think you've got a good combination of, of solid defensive So you'd leave Tom, Tom Kearney out if he's fit? I would, yeah, I would. Okay. I just yeah, I don't think, think you know, Tom... I, think I don't think Tom's he's been good enough people's... this season. Well, I think that's I think Matt's right. I think Tom this season has got people starting to divide their opinion, you know, 50-50. It, has Tom really been providing stuff like he used to, you know, or, you know, is he just kind of sitting there not really doing a whole lot? Again, should Tom be the club captain? Well, if he's not producing, why is he the captain? And and I I don't think anyone can argue that um Bobby Reed is doesn't change the game when he's playing. I think he's He's going forward. He's been one of our best players, or if not our best player, behind Mitro, um, because defenses are terrified of him running at them. So, so yeah, much more than they are of Tom Kenny at the moment. Presumably, if uh, if Harrison reads fit, then he plays instead of Johansson, or yeah, put him instead of Steffo, or mm-hmm. yeah, we, we need one of the one of the attacking the number ten players, and that's that's Tom Kenny. I or, personally, if Reed, if Harrison, Harrison Reed has got a little knock. 
I don't mind him sitting on the bench and Steph coming in. I think Steph actually is playing very good football. Reed always has a knock, though. Is it, has anyone else noticed that? He sort of comes into the team, plays one or two games, gets injured mm. for a couple of games. I don't, yeah. He doesn't seem to have been very consistently fit so far. Yeah, that's that's the only criticism of him, though, because he's been excellent so far. It is it is quite the conundrum. You look at you look at the squad, and if everybody's fit, then it is it's very difficult to to pick the best eleven from that squad. And I know you need a squad in this division because there's a lot of games, but. You know, it's, it's very difficult to pick um, and to pick the best eleven from it and the best formation, especially now Hector's there as well. So it is, it's a tough one. All right, I'm going to have a little look back at Sato's stats now. He's done something different because we've we've played Hull City before. Um, we're going to have a look at the reverse fixture back in November when we lost 3-0 at home to Hull. Uh, Bowler Bowen, J-Max for best friend, Jared Bowen, and, um, and Eve scored. Um, in a game where we had 75% possession. Um, we had 772 passes. Um, bearing in mind our average per game this season is 568, so it's a significant amount higher than the average amount of passes we have per game. We had eight shots and only one on target. And our average this season so far is 14 shots and 4.8 on target. Hull, obviously, they had the other 25% of the possession. They had 261 passes. They had 10 shots compared to our eight, but they had five on target, um, of which they scored three goals. So very, very frustrating um, afternoon at the cottage in November against Hull. Um, Only 22% of the action was in our third of the pitch, yet we somehow managed to concede three goals. Um, And the only shot we had on target in the whole game was from Mitrovic in the 31st minute. So we we need to be on our game. We need to really go at them in this game. Um, Matt, I'm going to come to you to to talk us through the individual player performances. Yeah, um, I mean it's it's dire reading to be honest. Um, just a lot of a lot of passing with no <laughs> nothing else at all. Um, actually, the, interestingly, the player who got the best rating for us on who scored in that game was Maxime Lamarchon. Remember him? <laughs> <laughs> I. Genuinely, until I just read this now, I forgot he was even part of our squad. Um, he won four tackles, won six aerial duels, two successful dribbles, which is probably two more than he's ever achieved for us before. Um, he won't be playing because of injury. Um, what, does, what is a successful I just, dribble? I, I, go, <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know. Go around a player and don't lose the ball, I guess. Yeah. I mean, yeah, or then uh, I don't know. It's hard. It's a hard one to judge, isn't it? But run, he, run with the ball for a bit him. and pass it, and don't lose it. Pretty much, I think. I guess you have to. You have to have the ball for a certain amount of time, or you have to either go take it past the player. Who knows? Uh, two successful dribbles, anyway. It doesn't say how many unsuccessful ones. Probably a lot more than that. Um, Mitro won four aerial duels, uh, had our only shot on target, and was dispossessed twice. So wasn't really involved much at all. Um, Tom Kearney, 85% pass succession, no dribbles and no shots. And I think that is kind of the telling stat for us, isn't it? He, uh, It's probably the reason we had so many passes and so few shots because he had one of his games where he just gets the ball, lays it off sideways or backwards and he's doesn't, the man. doesn't he's try the man three who, balls. He's the man who needs to be creating the opportunities. Yeah, From all that absolutely. possession, everything needs to go through him. He needs to be yeah. picking off those passes. And if he's not doing it, then who is? Exactly. And it's why I'd much rather watch 
um, Stephanie Hansen play, who at least he loses the ball a lot more, but at least he tries mm. to to create things with it. Um, and then the other the other stat we've got is Mawson, who won just two headers and had an eighty nine percent pass success success rate. I guess is to ream, um, and that's been the case for most of the season, hasn't it? So it was a very very Fulham this season performance for us. Um, we need to create more chances. <laughs> yeah. Don, did you want to come in on anything here? Well, the one thing I did notice uh, from uh, our, our fact sheet was the the it's, I call it a heat map, the player position map that was sent over. You know, it looks like it's just a typical sit back, defend. You know, basically everybody behind the ball. They last time we we played them, they only had really two of their attackers in our half. The the majority of the game, everybody else was camped back, parked the bus. So. Yeah, I think it's going to be a frustrating game for us if that's the way they they play. Now, them being at home, you would think they'd switch it up. But again, the key to this, no matter who is in there, is we don't we've got to have somebody in the middle who is linking up and creating chances. We can't constantly just put the ball out, uh, pass it out to the sides, work it down the sideline, and try and cross it in. We've got to change it up every now and then. So. Hopefully, 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 maybe we'll see if we're lucky. The the atmosphere, the team, the performance that was shown at Leeds. I'd love to see that come back. Start playing some long balls out. We don't have to do it all the time, but work to our players' advantages. You know our strengths, and our strengths right now is you've got Metro and different ones. AK, who if you do put a long ball out, an intermediate ball out, they are strong individuals. They can hold it up and play off other people to play the second ball bring in other people into the play. So that's that's my rant. I want to see more intermediate long balls like Matt Ten had described before, you know, that allows us to play more to our player strengths. Do you think right, so just one just one thing. Do you do you not think the leads the way we played against leads was just a result of the fact that they're better than us and we didn't have much other choice but to play upfield? Sure. Uh, no, I, that, I, I don't think it was a deliberate tactic. Leeds is a strong, exactly. So, you know, people would say, oh, well, that's plan B. Well, pardon my, my French, but fuck that. Why is that plan B? Why is that not plan A? Let's start playing more to our players' strengths. If we've got guys who are comfortable on the ball, okay, obviously that's a great thing. But let's quit playing little short passes out of the back where it puts, you know, Mawson under pressure. He coughs up the ball, instant goal. Let's stop playing passes where, you know, Reem receives the ball. His instant thing is, oh, you know, a quick little pass. And it goes to Brian, who's instantly under pressure. Questionably, maybe he should have been uh, gotten a a foul called on the uh, other player. But instead, he coughs off the ball. That leads to a goal. Let's stop doing all that. Play out of the back when we can and smartly. Otherwise, Rodick has proven he's got a good ball. He can put a, a, a he's got a great foot. He can put a ball out there. Let's start looking for AK, Christy, Ivan, these different guys, and use their strengths to hold up the ball and bring in other people on the play. Don't consistently be the same thing over and over and over. That's what's getting the fans bored out of their mind. Like Frenchie's saying, he's tired of seeing this crap. Well, change it up and make it exciting and maybe create more chances because that's what we really need is more chances. More chances, more Metro scores or more Bobby scores or whoever. Speaking of score then, Don, come on, give me a score prediction. I do think this is going to be a tough match. And 
with the inconsistencies and everything, I'm hoping that Fulham does come out strong, you know, on the bounce. I'm hoping for a 1-0 or 2-1 kind of win. I think we're only going to win by one. I don't think we're going to hammer them. I don't think we're going to walk away with this. I think it's going to be a tough nut to crack. So we're going to win by one. A win's a win. That'll do me. What about you, Matt? I, th- I think, as is tradition, we'll concede a few goals and we'll score a few goals. Um, I'm going to go with the two-all draw. Um, I-, I can't see us keeping out Jared Bowen. Um, little, little nod there for you, J-Mac. Um, I-, I think... I think he'll he'll probably score. They'll they'll probably get a couple. Um, and our, our attacking players are too good not to score. So yeah, two all for me. I think it was two all last time we played up there as well, wasn't it? We were two 0 down, and then AK got a couple in the uh, in the promotion season. Yeah, that so, was it. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to win though. I I think I think we're going to beat them three nil. We're going to repay them for their three nil battering that they gave to us, and and we're really going to kick on this season now. I wouldn't mind him going up there and nicking it away. Like everybody said, oh, we're going to lose like we did uh, against Cardiff, you know, and we nick something away. I mean, do you mean Swansea? Swansea, yes. Sorry. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, yeah, the same it? area, same area. Right? Yeah. Same, same old place. Isn't it? Sorry, Baldo. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, all right. Um, well, it's been a mixed start to 2020 with a defeat in the league and a win in the cup, which is progress on 2019, which saw a defeat at Arsenal and then a defeat at home to Oldham in the Cup. Yeah, maybe that's some sort of progress at least. We'll be back after the whole game for more of this nonsense, so make sure you subscribe via your podcast app of choice if you like listening to a bunch of blokes talk about Fulham. Happy New Year once again. Cheers.